Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Thank you for coming. We come because we believe in the gathering together, don't we? Do we believe in that? I hope so, because it's why we do this. Otherwise, I'm sure we would all have perfect lawns because we'd find better things to do on our Sunday mornings. But we believe in the gathering of the saints. We believe that God is in the mix here when we gather together. This morning, I'm going to read for you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. We'll start there. This is Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. It says, If it seems we are crazy, does anyone fit that bill? Yep, who's a crazy Christian? Anyone? (laughs) I used to think that was a derogatory term. But now, you know what? I want to be crazy for Jesus. I'm okay to be a radical. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. We don't like that word control. Who loves that word? Other translations say compel. Christ loves compels us. I like that more. Control's a bit harsh, but we'll get to that later. Maybe we need it. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know Him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Let's pray. God, I just pray over this message this morning. God, I pray over your word. God, I pray, Lord, that as we read this letter from Paul, God, it would be relevant to where we're at today. And God, that we'd be encouraged and inspired to live for you afresh, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What an opening statement in this verse that I just read. If it seems we are crazy. If it seems we're crazy. When was the last time that you were accused of being crazy for Christ? In my points, I wanted them all to, you know, start with the same letter like all good preachers do. When was the last time you were loco for the Lord? Is that a bit of a stretch? I just needed an L there. Thanks, Owen. I appreciate that. Is that Mr. Sillers? If a teacher approves it, then I'm good. Loco for the Lord. When was the last time that we were crazy for Christ? You see, when I read my Bible, I find that the legends of our faith, all these great stories that I learned in Highway Kids, I didn't really go to Highway Kids, but it's a shameless plug. If I was here, I would have been in Highway Kids. All these stories I learned growing up, all these stories I read in my Bible now, they're people that did crazy things for God. I want to be one of them. Do you? I'll give you a few examples. I wrote some down. This is not an exhaustive list at all because I want to keep you and the scones will be ready soon. And seriously, they don't eat themselves. Have you noticed that people do crazy things for God right throughout Scripture? And I don't think it's supposed to have stopped. I think of people like Naaman. Remember that 
kids song again. I don't know, I've got a bit of a kids theme, don't I? He went down to the river and he dipped. Did anyone sing that song as a kid growing up? Till all his sins are washed away. He literally dipped and his leprosy fell off his body. That is crazy. That doesn't make sense in my human mind. It's crazy that the Israelites could march around Jericho and the walls fall down. Do you think that's crazy? Seriously, I'm glad Mary, the mother of Jesus, was not in my youth ministry when I was a youth pastor because that's an awkward conversation. I don't know how this happened. Well, the virgin birth is crazy from a human point of view. The centurion who came to Jesus and said, hey, no, just say the word, Jesus, and he's done. Crazy. If it was Jesus who had this healing power, wouldn't you want him to come and heal, come and lay hands on him? The widow giving her two mites, all that she had, crazy. That is accused of being crazy. Jesus allowing the Roman Empire to crucify him. I fully believe that he could have stopped it at any time, but he allowed this this rule, this oppression to crucify him. Yet all the people of the day, the Jews were expecting that if he was the one, then he would have overthrown them, not them kill him. There's times when I've been accused of being crazy. My parents now attend this church. I just hear you can go fact check me later if you want. But there's been conversations in my life where there have been the now son speeches. Where it's like, now son, maybe you need some more wisdom in this. And it's like, you know what? This may sound crazy. This may not seem logical. But I feel called to do this for God. And I'm going to step out in faith. Despite it might not sound the wisest decision. Despite it may not make logical sense, but I am someone that wants to fulfill the call of God in my life. Are you? Sometimes things don't make sense. I'm reminded of stories when I was a sparky. And um, one of my mates was checking into me. Damo, he's like, Slats, just making sure you don't give your money to the church, do you? Like as if he's protecting me. And I'm like, well, this is an awkward conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, I do. I I actually believe in tithing, like I give a tenth. No, you don't. No, you don't. Like I go to church sometimes. This is him saying this. I go to church, I go to a Catholic church every now and then I throw a 20, you know, and as the collection comes around and I'm, you don't really give a tenth, do you? That is, that is so stupid. You should be saving for a house. You should be doing this. Like, have you ever been accused of being crazy for Christ? Loco for the Lord. In the kingdom of God, you see, it's an upside down kingdom, Jesus taught. You see, sometimes we think that safety equals maturity. And in the natural, it does. In the natural now, I'm a safer person than I used to be. Why? Because I have more responsibility. I want to be here for my kids. Can we all understand like that? I probably don't drive like I used to. Can I get an amen there? I'm a bit safer. Maybe I'm a little bit more risk adverse than I used to be when it comes to my personal safety as we mature. But there's something about our spiritual growth that we should not be getting more and more safe because in the kingdom, sometimes safety leads to apathy. When was the last time that you stood out in faith? When was the last time that you stepped out and made a decision that, you know what, this may not make sense, but I'm going to obey the Word of God. I'm going to obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It may be out of my comfort zone, but you know what? I'm going to do it for Christ. Sometimes to live a life of faith, we're going to look crazy. We're going to look look a bit loco. Right in this moment, 
what's Holy Spirit prompting you to do? I can be here and I can say all this stuff, but at the end of the day, I believe that this word doesn't return void. That when we read the, the, the Bible together, that it accomplishes what it does and that it's living and active and alive so that as I'm speaking today, I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. What do you need to step out in your faith? What are you being too safe in God saying, hey, no, 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 I've got more for you. But it's on the other side of that faith step. It's on the other side of looking a little bit crazy for a season. Number two, if number one is loco for the Lord, number two is love through the Lord. Verse 14, either way, Christ's love controls us. I said control, that's a wild word, isn't it? But that's been my experience. That as I've opened up my life to God and His love has came in, all of a sudden it does control me and not from a point of an oppressive way, but from a point of I've received this love, I allow it to control me. I want to be formed more like Christ. I want my life to change. I want to love people more and to be more gracious than I used to be. I can't help but reciprocate this love that I've received. I see this in the way that I treat minority groups. I'm just going to be careful because I don't know, this is online, but I can have a different opinion, but you know what doesn't change? My love. When I was younger, I had a view that was hard and fast and I was okay not to love because I thought my faith afforded me that. But the older I get and the more I mature in my faith, the more I find that I don't have the right to withhold love when God has been so gracious and so loving towards me. Love is a given. My disposition is love. We can have differences of opinion, but we can't have differences of love because I've received grace. My job is to give grace. John 3.16, for God so loved, if he so loved, then my job is to love in return. Do you know that loving is hard? Have you experienced that? Because when we love, it opens us up to be hurt. Have you ever wanted something more for someone than they've wanted it for themselves? I have many a times. It's like I've, I've seen that their breakthrough could be on the other side of this or that they just need to do this or, or, or God's got more for you but you, sometimes you find yourself getting disappointed because you love someone so much that you want them to receive their breakthrough but they're not willing to pay the price or to go through with what's required to see the breakthrough. 1 John 4, 7, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God and anyone who loves is a child of God. Are we children of God? Well, then the litmus test, the test is, are we loving? Are, are we loving? A child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love, oh, sorry, does not love, does not know God, for God is very judgmental. No. For God is love. So our job is to become more like Christ. Christ is identified. Christ is the best picture that we have of what God looks like. God has walked the earth in the person of Jesus. So if we want to know what God looks like, we look at the life of Jesus. He is the best representation that we've been given on this earth of what God is like. 
So when I look at the life of Christ, I see the love that He lived with and then I replicate that love in my life. I love through the Lord. Ephesians 5.25, this is hectic. I'm just gonna sidetrack here for a minute, but you want a better marriage, you want a better relationship? Love. And you do it first. This is sort of, I've thrown this in the last couple of weddings that I've done actually, this scripture, and it's a bit of a hard challenge and I'm convicted by it as I read it now. It says this, Ephesians 5.25, for husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave his life for her. Husbands, you want a better marriage? Love your wife like God loved the church. He literally laid down his life for the church. Harsh? Yeah, real harsh. But when we love our spouses with this sacrificial, unconditional love, they will flourish and our relationships will be better. I'm not pretending to be an expert in marriage. I've got 12 years experience. I know people in this room that have got decades more than I do. But what I'm saying is I've found in my experience that when I love Kim unconditionally, it's a win for us both. If number two is love through the Lord, number three I've got from this passage is live for the Lord. Verse 15 says this, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. But we like living for ourselves, don't you? I like being the centre of my world. My flesh does. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. Sometimes I feel our biggest opposition in life isn't the devil. Sorry to disappoint us. Like sometimes I feel like he's got more important things. He's not omnipresent like God is. We know that, don't we? He can't be everywhere all at once. So for God to torment you, you must be pretty, I mean, not for God, for the devil to be tormenting you personally, you must be very important. So congratulations. But I think sometimes our thing that holds us back the most is ourself. I know for me it is. I'm dealing with this, and I'm, I, I hope that we are too this morning. Sometimes I feel our biggest opposition is the devil, but it's ourself, it's our flesh. If Christ is the reason that I live, then I need to change some things. I don't live for consumerism anymore. I don't live to get that next thing. I don't live for the opinions or the approval of others. I know I do sometimes, but I'm trying not to. I live for the Lord. The old life is gone and the new has come. And um, I was reading Matthew Henry's commentary on this this week, on this passage, and he says, um, this is the regeneration of our souls. I love that word, that regeneration. Living for the Lord is the regeneration of our bodies, of our souls, and of our spirits. That we are weaned from the wor world, he used this thing, that we are weaned from the world. I don't live like I used to. The way of the world is to live for self. I don't do that anymore. I live for the Lord. I want to encourage us. There is no better life to live than one for him. Our goal is no longer to meet the world's expectations of us. We live for an audience of one. It's not, our goal is not to meet the world's expectations of us, but rather the call of God on each one of our lives. 
Are we living for him? Number four, look through the Lord. Verse 16 says this. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. I have witnessed in my life that as I've journeyed with God, I have seen my point of view change and I see the world differently. I see it through a filter of him. We've all used filters on social media, haven't we? What's the point of it? To make us look better? To make me look like I've got a tan or whatever it is? To make me look my forehead's not as shiny? I don't know. Trying to think of things that we would do. We try to make our world look better, but I'm here to tell you that this filter of God and His grace and His love makes my world look better. When I see through His eyes, I look differently. We see a great example of this, and it's a very well-known passage, but it's when Samuel the prophet comes to anoint the next king. Remember, and he ends up anointing David. He goes through seven brothers, and it's not it. And it says there in 1 Samuel 16, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge on outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We have a different point of view. We have a different way of seeing our world than we did before. We look through him. He is our filter. He makes our world look better. So now when I look through the Lord, I have eyes of faith. I have eyes of grace. I have eyes of forgiveness. I am constantly looking for the good in others and the good in our world. I don't buy into the fear that rules our world at the moment. But I have this faith that rises up because I see things not as they are, but as they could be through Him. Let me encourage you. We should be the most hope-filled, faith-filled people on the planet because we look through a different system. We're not stuck, we're not bound, but we're overcomers because of what Christ has done. I don't know if you saw on your way in, maybe if you're online, but we've got a thing in the foyer at the moment, deserts in bloom. Did anyone see that? We've got sand on the carpet, terrible idea, but it looks really good. But the whole idea, that's our Easter campaign this year, and the whole idea of what we're talking about is dead to life. The Easter message and the message of our Saviour is that dry, broken, desolate places can come forward and break forward into life-giving springs of joy, hope, and a future because Christ died and rose again. I'm not stuck anymore. If you're stuck, can I encourage you? It's in your mind. Paul said, I've learned to be content in all seasons and all situations. It's not about the natural circumstance anymore because I live a supernatural life of faith. So I can have hope whether my situation or circumstance is good or bad. I can have hope and faith whether the circumstances change or they don't. Whether we see the breakthrough or we don't, we have the opportunity to be people of faith. Our job is to have faith. Hebrews 11:6, I think, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them from afar off, were assured of them. Our heroes of the faith, they didn't see all that God had promised come to pass, but they were accounted in the hall of faith because they had faith despite the circumstances. Highway Church, are we a people that have faith despite the circumstances? Are we a people that see things differently whether the breakthrough comes or not? Whether it ends in disappointment or breakthrough, that is not on me. That's on God. 
There are things that are above my pay grade and I may not like it. It may crush my heart and my spirit, but you know what? My eyes of faith don't change. I look through a filter of Him. I look at my world through the filter of our Lord. Let me encourage you. Maybe here, maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe you're struggling to trust God again. Maybe you feel like I can never pray for that. Slats and wellness, I don't have any faith left. Can I encourage you this morning? He's good. And He's gracious. And I have witnessed His goodness in my life despite tough circumstances and situation. I have, fear, I have felt His healing power heal my heart, touch my grief, and allow me to think differently again. Can I encourage you? Trust Him again. It's not about the outcome. It's about the journey. We need to have victory in the journey, not just victory in the completion. Number five, I've titled it Long for Others to Encounter the Lord. When I've experienced this, when I've seen His goodness in terrible situations, I want others to have that hope. I want others to experience that. It's like, can you imagine if maybe you've been a Christian for a while, I have, and I look back at my life and some of the things that I've been through, I don't think I would have made it without God. I honestly don't think I would be here if it wasn't for God in my life. I don't think I would have made it. I'm not that good. I don't think I would have overcome. I don't know if I'd be here with you today, but let me encourage you. You are here. He's brought you this far and he's not going to give up. How much further could we help others go in him? Our job, it says in verse 18 there, it says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. If we've seen his goodness, if we've seen his grace and his love in our life, our job, our job is the reconciliation of others. We have no problem telling people how good things are. Oh, have you seen this Netflix show? You've got to check out this on YouTube. I don't know, I'm trying to think of other things. I'm trying to hit all demographics here, but I don't know what anyone's into. Have you seen the sale at this shop? I don't know. Have you seen this new car? I don't know what it is. Have you seen the Rivian? It's like this awesome electric ute they're bringing out. I'm trying to hit any demographics here. Have you seen those new shoes? They're awesome. They're amazing. They'll change your life. No, 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 they won't. What changed our life is Christ. And our job is a reconciliation of our world. Even right now, I believe that God is putting someone, the Holy Spirit is prompting us and putting someone in our heart and in our mind that you have been positioned in their world for such a time as this. This is our Esther moment. Do you know why I can say that so confidently? Because I feel like every day is our Esther moment. Like maybe the Lord has placed you here, Esther, for such a time as this. Highway Church, maybe God has placed us here for such a time as this. Reconciliation, God has been so, so good to me. I want others to experience his grace, his love, and his goodness. 
God, I just pray over your church today, whether online or in the room. God, I just pray, Lord, that something I shared from your word today would encourage us and inspire us to live for you afresh. God, if there's anyone that's hearing this message and they're distant from you right now, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would prompt their heart right now. God, that they wouldn't leave this place without having a conversation. They wouldn't leave our online service without commenting below so that someone can lead them to you this morning. God, I just pray for the rest of us. God, I just pray for those that feel like their faith's broken. God, for those of us that their confidence is shattered. God, for those in the room that, Lord, would honestly struggle to trust you again, I just ask for a renewing of their hearts. God, I ask for beauty for ashes. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are the great physician and you can put our bodies back together so that we can hope, that we can dream, and that we can live again afresh in Jesus' name. God, I just pray, Lord, that our eyes of faith would rise and, God, that you would transform our lives from the inside out in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.